0: Ned Coletti's going to join us in a couple of minutes. We got Ned Coletti, Jeff Passan. What a way to close out Are the you week. me? Yeah. Did it get any better? No work for me. What's a backhorn? Well, I mean, let's get back to that comment you just made. No work for you? Yeah. Well, what's a backhorn? Because the other day you dropped the living in a tree, <laughs> which I'd never heard of, and people got a kick out of. And then today, for those of you who don't know, I told Barker I was going to go out and get some water. and
1: Said that would give you a backhorn. You got to be careful what, what uh, faucet you're sticking that... That jug under. Be careful. That's what the hell's a back horn? Exactly how it sounds. Uh, how do I explain that to you? It's a horn on your back. Uh, <laughs> how can I break that down? Well, I just, I've never heard that before. Uh, you you stick around long enough, you're going to hear, you'll hear some more things you never heard before.
0: I'll hear some, <laughs> get some stuff from the other side of the mountain. How about sure. that, Gibby? The Braves and Dodgers are uh, in Atlanta. Uh, they will resume their series tomorrow. The Braves uh, trying to figure out what the hell happened to them last night and 11-2 loss to the Dodgers. Actually, they probably know what happened to them. And the Max Red- Free wasn't any good. No. And the Red Sox and the Astros will resume their series tonight at 8 o'clock in Houston. We'll have that game on uh, Sportsnet. It'll be Luis Garcia for the Astros and Nathan Uvalde. For the Red Sox, Uvaldi, of course, will be starting after making that relief appearance. And Bark, you pointed out, you don't think there's necessarily any any carryover uh, from that re- relief appearance to the start now. For Nate Uvaldi,
1: he didn't throw enough pitches for the to matter. If he would have thrown 40 pitches, maybe he was going out there for an inning. They're you don't to, think? Is to there, there any edge? Give them a chance to walk it off.
0: That's why he was going out there and didn't work out. Is there any edge for the Astros in knowing that? You know they, they absolutely they, they push they push the they push the Red Sox big big biggest pitcher best pitcher around a little absolutely.
1: bit. Absolutely, yeah. Know, Nathan volley's not going to trick anybody. He Throws a bazillion miles an hour with a with a devastating secondary pitch, and occasionally he'll throw a change up and and he's added that split change thing that he likes to throw occasionally to lefties. He likes to elevate the heat or me. I'm I'm trying to get the foot down early and just trying to play pepper with the baseball and it goes where it goes. But yeah, the more you see a guy, the better chance you got a hitting it. And and more to that point, the better chance you got a, a laying off his secondary pitch. Cause you know how much how late it breaks and when he likes to throw it and what he likes to throw with two strikes and how hard his fastball looks, how much giddy up it has at the very end of it. All that's information. The more information the hitter has, the better chance he's got to hitting it.
0: Yeah. The uh It'll it will be it will be intriguing to see. To see what the Red Sox get out of Nathan Yuvaldi here, um, just in terms of length, it, it it will be odd to me if after all this postseason where we've seen all these pitching changes, we end up having games where a game where both teams kind of approach it normally because you know Dusty will Dusty uh, Dusty's sure. already said uh, uh, Dusty right and Dusty's got house money right now because his mm. his pitcher's rested his. His bullpen, he, he didn't have to do anything funky to get that win in Boston, really. Didn't have to do anything at all, play it straight. This might be, I'm going to say this right now, this might be the only time the rest of the postseason that we see something where both teams kind of get, Try to get seven innings out Eval- of Evaldi
1: for, Evaldi, for me, can't go into this this game thinking that I can't let this guy beat me. Because when you start thinking that way, you pitch differently to the guy in front of him. You pitch differently to the guy behind him. And then you start aiming the ball to the guy you don't want to let beat you. I, I don't know who that guy is that he thinks. Jordan Alvarez it- might be a guy... Carlos Correa might be a guy like there's a there's certain guys in that order that he might be thinking got to be a little careful with.
0: For me, I don't think he can have that mindset. Is it easier for Dusty to play this straight up because he's got the game edge and he's at home? In other words, he can he can afford to let Garcia go five Not and two thirds or six innings. Play it and like then... a game seven.
1: Don't take your chances. Anything can happen. Any anybody can beat so you. If you're you Dusty. You're playing a, absolutely like a game seven. Absolutely. You okay. Play, and then you figure out what tomorrow brings. Tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow, t- tonight. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, and worry about winning this game. And that's the Braves. Yeah,
0: that's... That's the Braves, how they go about that. Well, I mean, they thought they had it set up. Absolutely. Their they thought they best, had it set it up their last best night.
1: Is, uh, the, since the All-Star break, you, you know, Freddie Freeman is just smoking hot. And then here comes Chris Taylor. And, and A.J. Pollock, your boy.
0: What is it? Where did AJ, when did A.J. Pollock become my boy?
1: Ah. You're not a fan of his, he said. Huh? Are you a fan of his? No, I keep.
0: I'm just not. I'm just not. I uh, I keep looking at that. I keep looking at that Dodgers lineup and keep wondering why. Some, and, and it still confuses me that I, I, a team that has that many resources and has 106 yeah. wins can run out a lineup where I'm looking at it and going, it's just not.
1: It's not good. Yeah, he hit two homers. Yeah, he's the he's the Dodgers Randall Grichik. Don't be mad at him because he, he got 55 million. I'm, mad. Not mad I'm, I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him. He's a really good team. <laughs> he's on a really good team when you could hide him. Put him down the bottom of the order, let him ambush a heater.
0: All right. Hit a couple of homers. Now you're rolling. Speaking of rolling, this is gonna be a lot of <clears throat> pardon me, this is gonna be a lot of fun if my voice holds up. That's why I needed the water. Uh <clears throat> excuse me. Ned Coletti is a for, is former Dodgers general manager, a longtime baseball executive, currently Dodgers TV analyst. He joins us in Blair and Barker. Ned, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I, I want to read you a quote from Farhan Zaidi, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bit of background. Kevin and I talked about the you know the success Chris Taylor had last night. We talked about Chris Taylor, Max Muncie, and and Justin Turner. And, of course, you were the GM when the Dodgers brought Justin Turner Turner over. But this was something Farhan Zaidi, now the general manager of the Giants, said earlier this year. And he was asked about the job the Dodgers have done in identifying these guys. And he said these are success stories, but they're not just success stories because of their acquisition. These are success stories because the Dodgers gave these players the chance at the big league level and gave them some runway at the big league level. And he pointed out Max Muncy hitting 200 with two homers in his first 18 games. Dodgers stuck with him. Then all of a sudden, that Juni has 10 home runs and 76 at bat. So I wanted to ask you, as a GM, how hard is that to do? Because you've got a big payroll. It's a big market. You've got some superstar players And here you got a guy that another organization basically tossed in the scrap heap. You've got him. How hard is it Ned to say to this guy and to say to a manager, we're going to, we're going to let this guy who was DFA would two months ago, we're going to let him go. We're going to give him five weeks.
2: Well, it it helps to have the, the, the talent you've got because that means somebody else can pick up the slack while you're being patient. Being patient is the toughest thing to do. Obviously you've got, uh, you know, you're, uh, how good you do is in the paper every day. You know, the standings tell you how good you're doing on a daily basis. And I think that those teams that have the patience to wait, if you believe in your players and you believe in your scouts and your analytics and you know that at some point in time they're going to be able to do it, you got to be patient. with. More mistakes, I think, are made in sport due to impatience than patience. Patience is tough to do, though, obviously, especially baseball because you're watching it every day. But you got to be patient. Look back at Justin Turner; he hit, he didn't hit two hundred the first month he was in the big leagues with us.
1: Ned, Ned uh, have you had any dealings with the dead arm? And what do you think that you will see from Max Scherzer?
2: Well, knowing the the person a little bit, I, I think that he will fight through what, whatever he's trying to fight through. Uh, I've seen the dead arm in spring training, like probably around. St. Patrick's Day, right around there, your starting pitchers typically have a, a start or two where they, where they just can't get it going again. But, you know, you've you've got a lot of wear and tear on everybody by this stage of the season. And I never forget this year, you're you're going from 60 to 162. Guys have pitched far more innings this year than they did a year ago. And in some cases, like Walker Buehler, he's pitched more innings than he's ever pitched, even in a, a full season. Uh, Julio is... You know, probably 150 innings ahead of where he was a year ago, and and that's really where he's always been in that that 80 80 inning range. So I think in in Max's case, certainly the effort, both Max and Walker, well, you know, they are as good a competitors as we'll see. That's no exaggeration. They are fierce with what they do. We'll see physically what they've got because they'll, you'll see what they've got because they won't have anything left when they're done. I,
1: I don't think this will happen, but what if Max goes two and a third? Who does Dave Roberts give the ball to?
2: Oh, goodness, it depends. <laughs> there's there's no way to predict who's coming in next. Unless you're in the ninth inning and then you got about a 90% chance, it's going to be Kenley. But uh, it has been a um, – uh, it's been probably scripted out as best it can, but that's uh, that's private information. I'm not sure where he goes. Chance he goes left-handed to, to obviously go from a right-handed starter to a left-handed lever, uh A chance that he that he goes in that direction.
0: Yeah, Ned. Uh, I was wondering what that charter flight must have been like for the Braves last night. We all know they've been here recently. They've been here before recently. We know the Dodgers have been here recently as well. But I'm wondering if maybe this isn't a time where, you know, the the fact that the Braves made so many acquisitions at the trade deadline, they brought in Rosario, they brought in Duval, Solera's back on the roster. I wonder if maybe that doesn't help sometimes when it comes to these things. Cause I know Brian Cashman made a point one time about when you you like to refresh even a good team, you like to bring new faces, new voices in because the sense of newness, you know, can carry you, can carry that player in the postseason. And the other thing he said is, you know, it, you're bringing in guys they don't have a tie to what happened last year like i guarantee eddie rosario doesn't remember eddie rosario wasn't on the team last year so he's not thinking about blowing the lead uh adam duval's not thinking about blowing the lead so is isn't thinking about blowing the lead is there something to be said for that when you're putting a team together to bring in guys in who don't have a lot of institutional memory but are just just want to win i don't think, so. think there is there's some
2: value in that I also think it's it's just a simple of your perseverance. I mean, these are professionals. These play at the highest level in the sport, and if you can't get beyond that, even if you were there last year and you can't get beyond that, well, you know what? That's your resume. That may be who you are. Uh, you know, we'll have to see. And that's that's not a knock on anybody. We have no idea how it's going to go. And many teams have, have had leads that they lost. But does it help that you have fresher viewpoints to it? Yeah, I think it does. But does it does it mean that that those that have were there a year ago and went through it that they're not uh, that they're not capable of of winning a game? You know, I don't think so. I think the the flight home yesterday was tough. I don't think they um, came in to L.A. thinking that they were going to sweep or thinking they were going to win it in five. I think they probably thought that they would be in a decent spot to go back with the. 3-2 lead with two games at home. And last year, too, those games were not in Atlanta. Those games were not in L.A. Those games were in a neutral site. So, you know, you're, you play for a home field manager. It must be a reason. And it would be that you got six and seven in your own ballpark. So, uh, they are in a little bit of an advantage that way, perhaps. But, again, the game starts. I don't think players hear anything. I don't think players are swayed by a crowd. I think if they are swayed by a crowd, I think that they're is of to game.
0: You know, Ned so I we, think
2: that 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 makes it different for a minute.
0: We got a uh, we got a bad line here. We're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna call you back. Uh I wanted to make sure we get uh we get a clear line for Ned. And that and you know, that the point is well made. You're professional athletes, you're not gonna be swayed. You're not gonna be swayed by that. And I know it's always would you talk about it in this city in Toronto when it comes to the Maple Leafs and the fact that they haven't won uh, you know they haven't won the Stanley Cup since 67 and blah I guarantee you that Austin Matthews I mean he probably knows about it now because he's been here enough but when these guys come here there's no weight of history these guys there's there's no weight of history there's on, expectations on guys.
1: Though. if, you're, if there's, you' play for the Dodgers expectations stiff expectations to that's to finally fair. turn the corner and win something it's like the Dodgers did last year that's that's the whole point in playing for for a franchise like the Dodgers like the Leafs like any big time like the Yankees you know hopefully like the Blue Jays are, are trying to become is that's that's the ultimate goal there so it's yeah i'm with Ned there the, the players sometimes don't go home and think about oh we got to do this because we play for this team but they get it. it there there's a lot comes with playing with with certain organizations because there's expect, expectations and you hear it all the time media the says it to you Uh, twitter says it to you instagram says it to you it's it's told to you a lot of times and 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 they understand what's going on
0: all right we've got ned back ned thanks to your patience we've got all sorts of gremlins here today i apologize for that you were talking about the you you know how if look if you're a professional athlete uh, you're not you shouldn't be swayed by a lot of this stuff and if you are swayed you need to check your resume
2: exactly and i I think you know they got two home games they didn't have two home games last year at the end of the the They where everybody's in a neutral site but as i as i was saying you know it's i I don't think athletes listen to a crowd do they hear the buzz do they hear it maybe during bp or uh, prior to a game Uh, but once the game begins i think the concentration level is really focused hitter pitcher and paying attention to what you got and the they're as good as a crowd can be on the home side. The home side as loud as they can be. The other team scores some runs early. That goes away. Mm-hmm. Dodger Stadium last night was as quiet as could be. So 52,000 people made no noise. It didn't make any difference what they were doing. So that home field has got some value, but but not a whole lot.
1: Did you see any different uh, from Trey Turner hitting second in the lineup last night?
2: A little bit. I, I just think he's a good hitter. He's a flat-out good hitter, and yeah, you can keep him down for a period of time. I mean, the man won the batting title. He's, he's been a lifetime over 300 hitter. Guys are going to go through stretches. You know, there's always, I, don't, I shouldn't say pressure, but there's always an expectation from every player unto himself that that they play, that they play well and that they do good things, and this guy came over. Obviously, a big trade. A lot of players went back that are going to be big league players. So, you know, some pressure there or whatever. Some expectation on his own part. For the first time early in the postseason, I saw him ex- expanding his zone. He's somebody that really, when you looked at his body of work, especially with LA, well, you had to throw him a strike. He was not going to. He was going to. You're going to walk him before you're going to get him to expand. And once he gets on first base, it's as good as a double. So. I just think it's it's really when when they as a team and, and Trey Turner in specific when they do not expand that strike zone and they make guys throw strikes, I think they just they just take it to people. They are too deep. They have got too much talent, and they're going to have to be ice cold not to not to win another couple games.
0: Ned, if you were a general manager, would you would you have Albert Pujols in your team next year? If we assume that let's assume we have a, there's a universal DH, would you have Albert Pujols on your team?
2: I would, okay. I would. I think uh, he can still hit. He can still hit some right-handed, but certainly left-handed pitching. Who he is in that room is, is got huge value too. If guys don't play and don't contribute, that value obviously is dissipated quite a bit. But he can still play, and he can and he can probably in a DH situation. He might get you 300 at bats, and he can still hit. He can flat-out hit yet. So, yes, the answer is yes. National League DH, yes. American League, absolutely. How has
1: A.J. Pollock grown as a Dodger?
2: Well, if you look back at his first first couple playoff uh, games way back when, I think he struck out 11 times his first postseason in L.A., whether the lights got too bright or whatever for that period of time. Uh, it did. You know he'd had a tough, tough go of it, but he has continued to really take on everything. He was probably as good a hitter in the National League after July 1st, even though he had a hamstring issue and missed some time. He was probably the best hitter in the league from the, the second half on. He is. Uh, he's not a headline grabber. He's not Mookie. He's not Seager. He's not. He's not Bellinger or the Turners but he is a really, really good player. I think that he is one of the players that separates the Dodgers from the rest of the competition, frankly. I think a lot of teams have got you know some guys you can match up, maybe not one and two, but you can certainly match up three, four, five. I'm not talking about batting order as much as the hierarchy of talent. Uh, And when you get that, if he's the sixth or seventh most talented guy on that team, he'd be the third or fourth most talented player on almost every other team. Difference maker, center fielder by trade. So anytime you take a center fielder, move them to a corner, they see the game better. They, they understand it better than anybody. Your shortstop, second baseman, center fielder, catcher, the up-the-middle guy's got to be your smartest players, anticipate situations, see different situations. So you got a center fielder by trade that's, that's not as swift out there as he once was, but the mind is still swift playing in the corner. You know, he's, he's an excellent, excellent player.
0: What do you think Dave Roberts' confidence level is with Gavin Lux right now?
2: Um, I think as a hitter, it's still there. I think the uh, the center field play, and you know, I, I guess it was a gamble when you think about it. You know, you're talking about a kid that's played sparingly in center field, sparingly in the outfield, middle infielder. So the ball comes off the bat, he sees that probably in a familiar refrain there. But that day, the way the sun is at Dodger Stadium this time of year, it is rugged. It is, and I don't think that he he saw the ball completely and he was drifting. You know, he's going to go to the spot. If he sees it completely, he's not drifting that last 35 feet. He's, he's like going to that part of it. But when you think about following a ball off the bat, and seeing it go up into perhaps the, the sun itself. And then you've got to figure out where it's gonna, where you're going to pick it up again. Because that's why, that's why I think a player would, would glide and not just stride over to where the ball is. I'm not sure he knew where the ball was going to be until it started to come back down. That's a tough thing to do, tough thing to put on a young player. You know, we've seen guys do it, uh, veterans that, uh, you know, had some trouble doing it. I'll you know, go back to – uh, I think Nicky Stanley years ago with Detroit was kind of in the same, same position with bit, although not the era situation. Um, it, it's tough to do. And when you add the element of weather slash sun, it gets even tougher to do. I think if it, Atlanta, if it's different that time of day, I think that you may see him back out there. Otherwise, you know what? you got Chris Taylor. He's going to have to play third with JT out to figure out your outfit with A.J. Pollock and Mookie Betts. and and perhaps Bellinger, uh, and then figure out first base with Albert. But, you know, they've got versatility. They've done this for years. They just play guys all over the place. Chris Taylor was a shortstop. Mm-hmm. Couldn't make the team. Couldn't make the team. Went out and said, told Dave Roberts, I'm going to learn how to play the outfield. That's what he did. So this team has got the versatility and the experience to play a lot of different places. But sometimes experience is going to count, and I think that's what happened in center field the other day the Sun.
0: Last uh, last question from me. Uh, Kevin and I were talking about the number of stolen bases in this series, and I think until, uh, when Eddie, until Eddie Rosario was throwing out, base stealers were 23 for 23 in the NLCS. And uh, you know, I was wondering, you know, baseball people are great copycats. Will we see the stolen base come back into the game? Kevin seemed to think it was more a product of just so many pitching changes and relievers come uh, in and relievers are thinking of first pitch – you know, I they're just focused on they're just focused on the hitter. How, how do you view what we're seeing? the Stolen bases.
2: Well, I, I think you're you're right in that it, it's probably going to inch its way back in. At least in these situations, I think it's it's interesting that that I would not call up a relief pitcher unless he could hold a runner on. It, w- it was part of the deal because I could not afford to have somebody come in have have command issues for one hitter, have him walk somebody, walk the leadoff, have that player be standing on second base and uh, two pitches later. Uh, But people haven't paid attention to it. So how many pitchers have worked on their move? How many catchers have worked on the execution of of the receiving, the the release, the accuracy, the speed, all those things? Have people really worked on that for the last two or three years? Maybe sparingly, maybe here and there. But now suddenly it's still part of the game. And now it's a bigger part of the game. And I think you're you're seeing the struggle people have with it. And and you know good relief pitchers, you know they talked about Max Freed having the best move of any lefty, you know okay, what, what did that end up meaning? You know not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it, it's another part of execution. And people call you know fundamentals and things the little things, and they don't really you know well we're not going to you know really spend a lot of time because they're not going to do that anymore. Well guess what, teams are running wild on it. You yeah. got a trade turner, you got betts, you got Bellinger, you got three guys that can flat out fly. You don't think that they're gonna they're gonna test that and and the Atlanta pitchers also know whenever you got a pitcher in the stretch and they've gotta think about, even for a split second, something besides that guy at the plate, you you're putting the your guy at the plate at a bitter a, a bigger advantage. And I think you're starting to see it. They're running they're almost running at will on Atlanta and almost vice versa, too, to some extent. Not quite as 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 successful as the Dodgers have been going the other way. But whoever gets to the American League to the World Series, you can bet you'll be seeing it.
0: Ned, really good of you to join us today. Thanks for your patience, my friend. Great stuff.
2: No problem, guys. Always good. Sorry for the reception or whatever we're battling there. Yeah, no
0: worries, my friend. Be well. Take care. Thank you. Ned Coletti, L.A. Dodgers TV analyst, uh, former Dodgers general manager. His book, by the way, I I always – the big chair is uh, if you are a baseball, if you're a sports fan, never mind a baseball fan, if you are a sports fan, it's funny because whenever I hear Ned say stuff, he has, I I remember reading in his book, and and it just jogged my memory. I remember reading in his book, one of the things he said is one of the things he absolutely held to as a general manager is if you were going to be a relief pitcher for any of his Mm -hmm. teams, you... Had to know how to hold the base runner. Because chances were you're going to come into a game with a runner on base. And, and that just tells you how much the game has changed. But, Kat, look, I I I told you this. I look at Bo Bichette. I look at the Blue Jays. A healthy, If George Springer is healthy, I think one of the things you're going to see the Jays do next year, I think you're going to see them run like hell.
1: We saw it already. Towsker Hernandez is a good base runner, too. He can steal bases. He's smart base. Smarter... Base runner, you know, when he first mm-hmm. got to the to the big leagues, the baseball IQ hadn't caught up to the talent yet. Now he's starting to get a little both of those. It's the when you go picking the right time. It's a, who is it bat? Don't be running into outs when Vladdy's up. You don't want to be running into the outs when, you know, Teoscar is up and, and Bo's sitting in front of him and he's standing on first base. You got to be real smart. So they are very smart base runners.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Do you, you when you got a team full of guys that are hitting 300 or 40 home runs? Do you have to be a little more careful?
1: Yeah, you don't want to do it when Eddie Rosario's on first and Freddie Freeman's already hit a homer and you're up two runs and you're still on a base early in the game when you could have your best guy or maybe run into another. It's four nothing instead of two nothing. And then that team comes in and scores three runs. And then it's, you're looking in the rearview mirror after that. It's, you just got to be smart. You, you, that's my point. You, when you look at these games and you watch these seven year veterans like Eddie Rosario, Run the bases the way they do sometimes make you scratch your head. It just, it just makes you – are they thinking the game through? Are they, are they not thinking it? Are they thinking too much? I think sometimes – I, know, I, I think it. sometimes – I
0: think sometimes the mo- – I'm not going to say the moment gets to guys because I've never played the game. That's – and I'm –
1: I that's just, overrated comment.
0: Yeah, it is. It, it is.
1: is. That's that's somebody that's never. i No, no offense to no, you. No, I, I, well, but I just corrected of, that's myself. That's a lot of people that's never played before. That just that's an easy way to analyze something when they got nothing else to say.
0: Yeah, I think it was just. I I think maybe thought he had, had a shot. I don't know. Maybe thought he had a shot. It's. I was gonna say maybe he forgot who was at two, the plate. Maybe he count, forgot who was at got, the plate.
1: Freddie Freeman's hit a homer already. He's in a fastball count. That's really when you want to be running. Really. Maybe do it with two strikes. It's just I don't get it. That's when you need your first base coach to go, "Hey, be smart here. It, it, maybe two strikes, take a chance. Rather have rather have Freddie Freeman leading off. Maybe he can double. Nobody. Mm. It's a double, nobody out. With your with your cleanup hitter coming up instead of the way that they did it there. And you got to be smart. Maybe there's a reason why the Braves can't f- finish it. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe there's a reason why it's it just little things that when they run into outs, they'll make you just. When I was watching that game, really, It's the Braves don't do those things. Would you like to see more base as a as a fan? Would you like to see more base stealing in the game? I would. Action. Want more action? Yeah, I do. I, I want I want guys to learn how to slide. I do. I the 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 head first slide. I'm not a real big fan of that. Depending on, uh, again, a lot of that's because you they're not afraid of getting taken out at second base. Yeah. They're not afraid of getting thrown at. You know, the 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 second baseman or shortstop who comes and throws the arm, the ball sidearm submarine, making that runner get down. It doesn't happen anymore. Like it's the there's just not a whole lot of that. This the sliding part of it. They don't really know how to do that because the home plate, they can slide to the back of the ba- The the home plate, they slide head first. I hate that. I always go feet first. That that spike into the catcher's feet can make him move. Can can. You know, throw him off balance to where he maybe will miss the ball. The The ball gets lodged away from him. You score a run that way. But yeah, I think you got to be smart with it. I think you can use it if you got it. But the Blue Jays are a prime example of that. You got young guys who can run who are smart base runners. When you got that, you give them reign to do it until they show you they can't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm for it.
0: Jeff Passan is ESPN's MLB insider. He is covering the ALCS, which resumes tonight in Houston. Jeff Passan joins us next. You're listening to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. I mean, there's so many stories Barker's told me that we can't put in the air. But it's odd. Those are the ones that I always ask you to repeat when we're off air, aren't they?
1: All the time. It's like the back horn. You know where I got that from? No. Winter Ball.
0: Okay, explain it. You, well, that.
1: You'd, always, you'd always look for the bottle of water, in Winter Ball, that, the seal was sealed. Like it... <laughs> You would get, you would occasionally get the bottles of water that looked like it was opened already. Yeah, that's how you get that backhorn. So you got to be careful. Like, you know, you see, so we're learning things you gotta about You Got to be Parker. careful about when what you're looking for when you're going to drink that stuff. when like, you so you're yeah, playing, yeah, you're playing
0: so, winter ball. You, you're not just going to take any liquid absolutely, that's out there because because sometimes the water, sometimes the water is 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 yeah. Most of the time, dodgy. you're not going
1: to go up to a faucet and just be like, yeah, and turn that up. That's no, backhorn.
0: there you go so you learn something new every day but i loved it one of kevin barker's rules for winter ball (laughs) is never take the bottle of water where the seal is cracked
1: absolutely not is that that's the first thing you ask where'd you get that at and then you look at the seal (laughs) to make make sure it looks like you just bought it at (laughs) 7-eleven okay that's
0: just yeah some someday we're going to do a book of Kevin Rules, oh. Kevin Barker's rules for winter ball life. Oh, that's awesome! Don't drink the bottle of water. Don't drink the bottle of water if it is a broken seal, which is actually good. That that's that's like good advice for a tourist too.
1: Absolutely, I, I should not have liked it as much as I did going to winter ball, but I loved it. I couldn't wait. There's there's sometimes when I knew I wasn't going to go to the big leagues, I couldn't wait till the season got over in the states just so I could go to winter ball because I had so much fun. To, it was so much fun to play over there and. They just loved their baseball. Loved and, it. And you hit bombs. Yeah, it wasn't so much bombs because most of the guys that we faced were big leaguers. And they're trying to get ready for spring training, and a lot of those guys were trying to make teams. But they were putting forth effort. And you weren't going to hit a bunch of homers, but I was hitting, I was hitting lots of lenions all over the place and going back leg city. And back leg city, sometimes the winter ball, if anybody's ever been in Dominican and watched baseball, fields are really big. Mm-hmm. And, and and Moises would always tell me, "Don't get big, don't get big, don't try and go." I would call it back leg city. He would laugh at me. Don't don't try and do that. Hit a line drive. Yeah, right. Could get your name in the paper hitting line drives, but that was his that was his little thing. Right. So we try and do that because the fields are big. You face big league pitching over there.
0: All right. Okay. Well, that's uh, I appreciate that. I like I said. I just I thought the water story was funny. Let's bring in Jeff Passan. MLB Insider with ESPN. I'm just enjoying. Parker's giving me a rundown of his rules for oh, for living in
1: you winter. Know what
3: I'm, you know what I'm enjoying? I could listen to Barker say lanyas all <laughs> day long.
1: <laughs> You're welcome.
3: <laughs> lanyas. Yeah. Hey, I'm a las lanyas. <laughs> Some else, else Oh, it's beautiful.
0: Uh, yeah. Hey, on your list of things to do today, on your list, and you are at the ALCS, correct? That is correct. Okay. So on your list of things to do today, your list of people to see, your list of people to talk to, at any point in time, are you going to ask anybody on the Astros or Red Sox about whistling?
3: Yeah, probably.
0: All right. Now, so now you're giving credence to a story that I just kind of went. What do you think they'll say when you ask?
3: I think they'll say people at baseball stadiums whistle. (laughs)
0: Okay. Which which is what the actual answer is. Um, so there's no cheating going on here.
3: <laughs> there might be. <laughs> uh, like I no, I just listen. I never remember that whole thing that happened four years ago. Yeah, that's I, true. I, I I just I I can't sit here and automatically discount it. I I do think it would be incredibly hubristic, and. I think it it, – and do I think they're actually doing it? No. I I do not think there is cheating going on, like egregious cheating, like trash can cheating, uh, like stealing signs and whistling cheating, but I don't discount the possibility of it. Like, is that a a fair way to approach it?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I I mean, I – I, to me, I I was thinking as I was asking you the question, Jeff. You put yourself in passenger. I'm going. That's easy. Early column. Damn right. <laughs> I'm asking a. I'm asking somebody about that. I may even stick an un a uh, you know an unnamed source in it to give it some credence. If I if if if, if I if I really wanted to. But I look at some point we were going to have the discussion. When I saw the flashing light in center field or whatever the hell it was, I thought, okay, here. it's You know, you know
3: what that was? That's a
0: bar. Is it not a bar in Fenway Park? Yeah.
3: It's it's a bar and there was a TV camera in there that turned its light on.
0: Okay, so there you go. So was not why we have you on. Breaking news: there wasn't any.
3: I mean, subterfuge. No, no of course. Not. Well, and here's the thing: if it was when the Astros were up, you're telling me the Astros are going to go into Fenway Park <laughs> and and unveil a cheating scheme? That's the problem about this: people just don't have any sense. Like let's let's try and be logical about this. If you uh,
0: if you were going to try to cheat in another team's park that way, that is the that is the definition of hubristic. Pretty, it really is. Yeah,
3: yeah, it would be pretty rad if you could pull it off. That. What do you what do you? Like what, I'd, sorry, I'd almost not be mad. I'd almost not be mad at you if you were if, if you figured out a way to concoct a, a scheme to cheat in another team's stadium. That would be amazing. What do you think Nathan Avadi will look like? Can I tell you something, man? Uh, I don't know what anyone looks like anymore because starters are relievers and relievers yep. are starters and up is down and left is right. And the the way that pitching has been I'm – not, I'm not even going to call it abused. Uh, I, th- this just feels like – it feels like the 60s, man. And it feels like the 60s, not baseball-wise but socially, where suddenly we're realizing – that that freedom and doing whatever we want to do and trying and experimenting uh, is, is a good thing. And it's getting a little wild out there. It's it's going a little too far, maybe. And boundaries are being pushed. And it, to me, there there is always going to be a, an end point mm-hmm. of the analytical revolution where... You've pushed, and you've pushed 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 and okay, now we've reached the point of diminishing returns, and I don't know if this is it. I don't know if it's using starting pitchers on their bullpen day in high leverage innings, but that just feels counterintuitive to me you know if if you're gonna if you're gonna use a guy maybe in the sixth inning uh where, you know when there's still nine outs left to get after that, but man. Like, when you put a guy in a leverage situation like Evaldi was in in Game 2, that ain't a bullpen day. That is a relief outing that will tax the hell out of your arm because every pitch you're throwing really, really matters. And, I, you know, I think putting guys in that position is a dangerous thing to do because... You run the risk of having a, a Julio Urias situation. I'm not saying he's been broken, but he sure hasn't been the 20 game winner with sub three ERA.
0: You know, I've uh, it's, it. I I love the way you put that because I've always, I shouldn't say I've always felt because it hasn't been, it hasn't, we haven't seen pitchers used this way all the time. Right. But I, I look at what <clears throat> at what we've seen, and and I and first of all, I. I Think back to something Charlie Montoyo told me about the opener. He said, remember, we did that because we had no other option. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, we, we, they weren't trying to be the smartest guys in the room. They didn't have any, they didn't have any option. Um, but having ha- having said that, Jeff, I kept thinking that what it will take is it'll take a big-name pitcher who is perhaps going into free agency, who is going to have one of those games where he's going to be asked to come in in the eighth inning or the seventh inning, and he's going to develop arm soreness. He's going to go into the off season and, and you're going to have yeah, the, question marks you know around what, though, Jeff,
3: his arm. It, it, the, the problem with that though, is the extrapolation of one thing to uh, essentially serve as the, the face of all the others. Uh, when we're dealing with these very small samples here, and we have to remember that. And just because one guy fails, doesn't mean that the entire thing is a failure. Just as if one guy succeeds, the entire thing isn't a success. To me, the biggest issue here is, is one of truth-telling. And when, when we're raising pitchers, and I know this because I am literally raising a pitcher right now who is 14 years old, and what do we tell our pitchers? We tell them, get deep into games, grind through, even if you're not feeling your best, go out there and do it. You you instill in pitchers uh, the closest thing, I think, to like a fighter's mentality that we have in baseball. And so for this to be successful, to me at least, you need to get actual buy-in from the players as opposed to the players saying, yeah, I can do that. Because pitchers, chef are trained to say, yeah, I'll do that. Now, it doesn't matter if the question is, will you go out there and be an opener? Or uh, will you paint your face, uh, you know, red and, and put on clown makeup and do a little dance? It's like pitchers just say yes. That, that's, the, that's the credo of the pitcher. So even though Julio Arias might be more comfortable starting a game, I I don't think he's going to sit there and say, no Dave Roberts, no Andrew Friedman, uh, no Alex Slater, no people who have spent a lot more time than I have trying to put together this plan that we think is going to win. I'm not going to sit here and be the guy who blows it all up because I think I'm smarter than the rest of you. And and so, of course, guys are going to say yes. There's just that bias in place there that's going to push them toward that. And until pitchers and players are honest about what they actually want and until front officers and managers listen to that, we're going to continue to see this.
1: Okay, with all that said, how long do you think the leash will be with Dusty with Luis Garcia tonight?
3: Oh, boy. I mean, it shouldn't be long. It's not going to be. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you're coming off a game in which Fromber Valdez went out there and gave your bullpen essentially a day off, um, you've got two games to win one. And every single one of your relief pitchers should be there and ready to go both days and potentially go multiple innings both days. If I'm Dusty Baker, if Luis Garcia gives up a run, I mean, a run, uh, I'm having someone warm and I will dry hump dudes today. That's in baseball lingo. not in actual uh, Houstonians might not respond well if I did that. Uh, but I will, uh, let's put it this way. I have, boy, I was about to say, after I said, I will dry hump someone. I was about to say, I have no problem being aggressive. um, by the yeah, way, you probably, well, those, okay,
0: I know where you're going with it, that's
3: for, fine. For those, for those for those, who don't, uh, who think I'm some sort of creep, uh, dry hump is a baseball term where you get a relief pitcher up and then don't bring him into the game. Yes. And, and then, you know, have him stop warming up, and re- relievers don't like it. But uh, I don't care. Today, if I'm Dusty Baker... Uh, Blair, did you, did you cover, uh, the original world baseball classic with me back in, I think, Oh six, when we were in San Diego together?
0: Yes. Yes. That was the night Do of the were, jello he, shots. Yes.
3: Yes. Do you remember Cuba's manager named Eugenio Velez and how I believe in the championship game, he went and got his, it was either championship game in the semifinals, got a starter after like one inning. And I, rem- I, I remember looking at the time, like, Oh my God, what is this guy doing? Uh, what he was doing was understanding leverage long before I did. Yeah. And, and listen, man, you do not want to face the Boston Red Sox in Game 7. You just don't want to do it. Even if it's at home, you still don't want to do it. So if I'm dusty, I am trying to win this damn thing tonight.
0: Yeah, you know, we had uh, we had Ned Colletti on a little earlier, and we, and we were talking about the the National League series and the fact that we've seen so many stolen bases and the fact that I think base runners were I, I think it was twenty three of twenty three until Rosario was thrown out. Yeah, and you know I asked the question: baseball people are copycats. Are we going to see more base running come back into the game? Uh, and you know Ned said, yeah, but he also kind of wondered if maybe it wasn't the product of the fact that. You know, the Dodgers have used 35 pitchers through, right, Bark? 35 yep. pitchers through, through yeah. five games. And you're bringing a reliever in. And, you know, Ned said when I was GM, I wouldn't bring a reliever up unless I was relatively confident he could hold a base run. And now guys are coming into games they're not even interested in it.
3: Yeah, you- know, that's really interesting. I was talking with a player development person earlier this year who uh, his, his organization sucked at holding on base runners. And he made it a, a, a very clear point to, like, hold his guys accountable for that. Either he said, either you are this quick to the plate or you are not pitching. And hmm. I ended up sitting some guys down because of it. Um, I also think it's a product of the fact that Will Smith and Travis Darno aren't, you know, the, the best right. at throwing guys out. But, but generally speaking, yes, relief pitchers kind of suck at holding guys on. And if, if as part of the you know the, the new Theo Epstein rules that they're testing out, they they make the bases bigger so it shortens the distance between them, uh, or they limit the number of pickoff moves, which uh, they did in one of the minor leagues this year. Mm-hmm. I I listen. I love stolen bases, man. I think stolen bases are fun. I think they're action. I think they're, if we can get more in baseball, uh, let's do it. That's great.
0: Mr. Passon, I'm going to let you run. We appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Enjoy uh, enjoy talking to folks about dry humping today.
3: <laughs> oh, damn it. You beat me to the punch. I was just going to say, don't go dry humping anyone today, Blair. But I'm the one who brought it up, so I'm going to go hide in the corner it's all right.
0: You can say you can say that in Cana- on Canadian radio. You can get away with Good it. Good point. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Although, it, generally in Canadian radio, you can't say words. The way it was explained to me when I started out is don't use hyphenated words. Uh, dry humping is hyphenated, but anyhow, we'll get we'll get away with it. Have fun. Thank goodness. Take care. It's Jeff Passan, MLB Insider with ESPN. And it's true. B.J. B- Ryan used to talk about all. I told you the story, and I've used the phrase on air. B.J. Ryan said one of the reasons he enjoyed pitching for John Gibbons is that uh, John Gibbons never, generally, wouldn't get him up unless he was going into the game. That's he regular the season. That's
1: over 162 games. You get in the playoffs, a whole different animal. You 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 do things you have to do, and <laughs> the organizations have shown that there's that there's no handbook See, on this. You're I, getting a guy up. You're getting
0: a guy yeah, up. I wonder though, Kevin. Uh, you're right. If Dusty Dusty's going to have to. Thus, he's going to have to manage us like Game 7. To, to, to me, the wild card, and I've talked about this guy all postseason. To me, the wild card here is Christian Javier. He is, the, he is with, with these two games, with the scene shifting to Houston, the series is the way it is now. I will say, I think Christian Javier ultimately could be the dude who decides whether or not the Astros win the series. It may not be today. If the series goes to Game Seven, ultimately he will be the guy that pitches in that leverage situation that decides. Bill
1: Mayton might be game. one of the guys too that you know he can get lefties and righties out. Uh, Dusty has confidence in going to him. I, I think if you're using Javier, that that means your starter's coming out in the first inning, second inning. That's never a good thing. You want to bridge it to the your highest leverage guys. Get it to the Stanics and the and the Gravemans and the Presleys. Make it a no brainer for for. For for your manager to go out and go to the guy that you know is going to get the job done, Javier, do you re- do you have a lot of trust in that? I, well, I'm not well, really sure. One I thing I was
0: going I was going to say is, is Jeff Blum made the point when we talked to him earlier in the postseason. I asked him about Javier. He said the one thing that the the uh, the Astros were cognizant of is the fact that he had over the second half of the year given up a lot of fly balls, and there was obviously. Houston, Boston, probably not the best places to to run out a a, a fly ball a flyball pitcher there. Uh, maybe it works if you go on to play the Dodgers. Um I don't have a read in Atlanta Stadium yet. I I I I, I just don't if it's hitter friendly or pitcher friendly. I'm try not
1: to throw the ball down the middle. Let's try that. If you're regardless if you're, of the ballpark. If you're a Braves pitcher and you're on the plane, you think to yourself Maybe I, if I don't throw a ball down the middle, that gives me a little bit better chance of at least not giving up a homer. Yes. Give up some hard contact. It's okay. Let's keep it in the yard.
0: All right. We show up Monday. And we're on for another uh, couple of weeks. We're on through the World Series. Then we'll just be podcast format. And uh, then we'll be back during the baseball season. Uh, what are we going to be? What are we going to be looking at Monday? We getting ready for Dodgers, Astros, or Braves, Astros, or what? Uh, where, where are we going? My with
1: dad's this? a giant fan of the Braves. I'm going to go with the Braves. I, I think sooner than later somebody with the Braves going to step up and and be the man. I don't have any idea who that is. Astros could be in their lineup, could be in their in their rotation, could be in their bullpen. I have no idea who it is, but somebody's going to have to. I think that'll happen. And I picked the Astros to win it a long time ago because I'm in love with Dusty. I'm a big fan of his, and I think. You know, it's not so much I'm rooting for the team as I am the man, Dusty. So I'm hoping it's the Astros and the Braves. Yep. I'm, uh, for kinda... baseball's sake, I don't think that's what baseball wants. But <laughs> no. you,
0: you know sure that's not what baseball absolutely wants. Absolutely not.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the baseball this weekend. We'll be back on Monday. You've been listening to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan.